Warning, today's episode of the Run Your Mouth podcast contains no jokes. It will be the driest episode yet. Rob has been taking Adderall until he can finally quit eating donuts and fit back into his pants again, and as a result, it will be nothing but hard-hitting news, facts, the real stories, none of this nonsense, none of this cake talk, none of the things we normally get into. We're going to get right into the hard-hitting news, and so first up, let's talk about the latest season of who can pretend to be most upset by what's going on at the border. Because people, they're really, uh, you know, they're putting on performances. AOC, she's going down there. She's going the crying route. That's what she's doing. That's her game. She's like, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to take some pictures. I'm going to kneel. I'm going to do my best to make it look like I'm the most upset. But then Ted Cruz is like, no, I'm going to dress up like a general G.I. Joe. I'm going to stand in the shrubbery. I'm going to pretend like I'm doing a real hard-hitting investigative piece and like I'm weathering the elements. And then Joe Biden's like, no, nobody's going to out-pretend like they're outraged more than me. I'm going to actually show up to work. That's how outraged I'm going to pretend to be about this. I'm going to I'm going to throw a press conference. I'm actually going to show up. I'm going to read some note cards. And uh, that's what he did. And it's such a fun move. That, like, I just want to say at the head of this organization, I'm actually the most outraged by what we're doing. Nobody's more outraged about what this government's doing than me at the head of it. It's like if somebody stepped on your toe and you're like, hey, dude, you're stepping on my toe. And he's like, I know it hurts my foot even more than it hurts yours. And let me tell you something about foot pain. I know foot pain because my grandmother had diabetes. She had to get a ped leg. Have you ever seen a woman trying to uh, move around in a kitchen on a peg leg? It's horrible. We're a country of resources. There shouldn't be any old ladies falling over in their kitchen because of peg legs. We're beyond foot pain. And me, as the head of this country, it's such a fun move. You just divert it. Like, you think you're upset. I'm the most upset. Let me show you what upset looks like. And then it's a mind fuck because you're like, I-, I guess he's agree w- with us. And then Biden's big move is he just always shows up and he goes, well, I've got an 100-day plan, and this fits into my 100-day plan strategy to create 100-day plans, and if I can just live for another 100 more days, anyone anyone keeping count on these different 100-day plans? Because, like, he keeps starting new 100-day plans. Does anyone actually know, like, okay, the immigration thing started on uh, March 21st, so 100 days from March 21st, immigration should be solved. He said he was going to have healthcare solved on January 15th, so 100 days after January 15th. It's a good move. You just keep creating 100-day plans. No one keeps a start on the uh, on the start date, and so you can, you know, well, it's I'm, I'm going to do an 100-day plan to review why my previous 100-day plan didn't quite. We're going to have a new committee on 100-day plans. So I'm going to use my incredible OCD and autism skills to make a call here. I'm going to bring some mental clarity to this government apparatus and just correct me if I'm wrong. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I'm happy to take your emails. You can tell me why you think I'm an idiot. You can tell me why I'm completely wrong here. But here's my take. If everyone agrees that this is a problem and we've got a government apparatus that claims that it can take care of things, then they should be able to take care of this no problem, right? Like either, you know, or just you got to admit government doesn't work. It's one or the other. Like if you're claiming you're you're Biden, you're like, hey, listen, I'm really good at making like decisions, right? Governments are really good vehicle for executing on my my decisions. And we all agree that this needs to be fixed. So, you know, sure. Let's give Biden his 100 days. Let's sit back. Let's give him his 100 days. And then if this isn't fixed, then I guess we can finally admit, all right, thing doesn't work. You know, that's just the accountability we need. Let's get the Biden 100-day clocks uh, clocks on, uh, I don't know why I just turned into a bot, clacks. We're going to put up clocks on the wall. I don't, I don't, that's not even a Boston accent. But anyways, 
back to what I was trying to say. We got to get these clocks up, 100-day clocks for each of the Biden activities that he claimed that he's going to fix. You know, he said he's good at making decisions. He said government's good at fixing them. And then if every one of these things after 100 days isn't fixed, then we could just go, all right, you know, and Biden didn't work. But you think... You think he's going to be alive in 100 days? I don't know, but that's a good moment for us to plug some of our sponsors. Run your mouth coffee. Go pick up some coffee. You want to have energy like this. You want to be able to sit in your car and yell about how we can fix uh, government? You need coffee. You can't do that with co- without coffee. So go to Run Your Mouth Coffee, and uh, if you use your promo code FIRE, you're going to get 10% off. You can get all fired up. You can get that coffee in your belly. You can start screaming like a maniac and... uh Maybe like me, you'll see this vision for how we correct. I didn't really lay out a solution, but I'm just saying you can drink that coffee, get fired up, and um, also have to use the bathroom frequently. That's fun too. Have you guys seen this boat that's uh, stuck in the Suez Canal? Some dude pulled in Austin Powers and just got it stuck sideways. Uh, he was trying to pull forward, ended up in some parallel park situation, didn't know you couldn't U-turn, and now there's a thing the size of the Empire State Building just clogged in there. And I like now there's the footage of the thing stuck, but can we get the the pre foot? Because that's got to be unbelievably entertaining. Is when they're on the boat and they suddenly realize like, oh shit, we're headed for the wall. Like there must have been some errors that were made. I think boats pass through this things all. You know, I really want to see a documentary on the captain because this guy is yet to be on the news. Like, has this guy been a lifetime fuck up? Because I always think it's fun when you've got a fuck up and somehow the guy keeps getting promoted, keeps getting promoted, and then somehow you know you can't escape your dumbassery forever. Everyone loves to rises to the level of their incompetence, and there's nothing I love more than when someone gets promoted. They're wearing that captain hat. They're walking around the boat. They're pretending like they're in charge, and really they're like a Michael Scott type character and then the next thing you know they've clogged up the Suez Canal and we're missing out on 400 million dollars a day okay tell me that this guy is not going to be world inflation is going to come and he's going to get blamed though all the world leaders are going to go listen we would have been fine we could have gotten uh, through. It's not the money printing. We could have gotten past this, no problem. It was that one captain who decided to clog up the Suez Canal, who threw off all of international shipping. Now goods and services, that's it. A hyperinflation, it's all that one guy's fault. Not actually saying hyperinflation's coming immediately, but if if in world history there's ever just been a fun dude to point the finger at, and I'm trying to get ahead of getting the finger pointing going away from the Jews. I'm trying to like elect other candidates that we could put forward so people don't realize who's been running the Federal Reserve all these years, printing all the money and making sure that inflation comes. So I'm, I'm I, like I'm getting ahead of this by trying to drum up other people that we could potentially scapegoat and whoever this captain is who has yet to how come this guy's not being uh dragged out onto the news on a nightly basis to explain explain what happened i mean if if nothing else it's like twitter how much fun is it shaming people and usually they don't do anything that terrible this guy's costing the world 400 million dollars a day i'd like to see that press conference and the footage beforehand when before he drove the boat into a wall and speaking of fuck-ups AstraZeneca, is it causing blood clots? You keep seeing news stories of, hey, there's blood clots in this, and then them going, no, the EU's like, no, it's still great, and then Fauci's like, even if it's causing blood clots, we still got this non-deadly virus that, you know, we can't get everyone access to Pfizer and Moderna, so even if that thing is causing, doctor, you know, blood clots, everyone should still be taking this because vaccines are very, very important. I want, do they doctor the doctor information? Because that's the newest thing. Not only was it causing blood clots, apparently there's now reports that their um, first information that they put forward, I guess they rigged some of the case studies, they cherry picked some of the information. But luckily, 
we spent the last year listening to the scientists and information like this is probably really easy to test. So I'm sure we'll have a quick determination. And because of all the power and trust we've put into scientists, I bet they're really good now at actually testing things like whether or not two masks work better than one or having good scientific information about whether or not you need to wear a mask after you've had the vaccine or after you, you would just think we've put a lot of faith into scientists. Government's got a lot of resources, so they must be able to make really quick determinations on these things. And one of the things you think scientists could probably make a really quick determination on is whether or not that doctored um, information uh, was actually critical for us accepting the usage. And then obviously if someone were to doctor the information, the good thing about it is that there's liability laws. So obviously it's not like the government would remove liability laws for getting these drugs out into the market. Now, Here's what I'm going to throw out there, uh, and if all of my yelling prior to this wasn't complete nonsense, now this is totally unsubstantiated nonsense. You got to understand there's there's different categories of bullshit that I throw at you. There's some that is moderately researched, or there's some that seems obvious, and then there's the stuff that's just a big pile of hooey. So here comes a big old pile of hooey, and you, you can skip it. I'm not telling you that you got to listen to my big old pile of hooey. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't come over to your house, knock on your door, and say, listen. I've got a big old pile of hooey here and you're going to sit down and you're going to listen to me as I, as I divulge this pile of hooey. No, I would say, Hey, listen, I've got a pile of hooey coming your way and you might not be interested in this pile of hooey. I'm not telling you. And so if you're not interested, just tell me you're not interested, except I I'm not in your house. I can't let you just walk into the room or skip to another topic. So I'm giving you the invitation to fast forward past my pile of hooey, but here it comes. I almost think that all the drug companies were in the market of saying, hey, we need to get a vaccine out there. And so to some extent, they don't want to point fingers at any one of the given vaccines as being bad because they're trying to get everybody to buy into the idea of, hey, we need these vaccines out there. So when AstraZeneca came around, which I don't think is uh, as must not be as powerful of a drug company as Pfizer, Moderna, or um, J&J, Johnson & Johnson, because it wasn't widely distributed in America. The benefits, from what I read, once again, were in the category of pile of hooey, um, was that it didn't need the same refrigeration as Pfizer or Moderna. And so I think it was actually easier, easier to disseminate in larger volumes. However, not as effective as Pfizer or Moderna, which is why we let all the poorer countries use it. That that You're not in America. You're not going to get the best of the best. We're keeping the Pfizer and Moderna for ourselves, and we're letting everyone else take the AstraZeneca stuff. And uh, actually, we just worked out a deal to send a shit ton of it um, down to Mexico. That was, uh, I don't know what that deal was. But once again, we're in the pile of hooey, so I don't, I don't need to fact check myself here. Just assume uh, we sent it down to Mexico in exchange for them sending more people across the border. Biden, Biden's sitting there, and he's like, man, people are coming after me. We're going to get a lot of these people in while we can. Uh, so get them over the border now and I'll send you some, uh, some AstraZeneca, um, vaccine in exchange. Anyways, I almost feel like now that, uh, the Pfizer and the Moderna have been more widely accepted. Now they can start pointing fingers at the other guy and going, Hey, that thing's no good because I think maybe beforehand pointing out that one of the vaccines was no good. By the way, how's Sputnik doing the Russian one? How's that one doing? Are people getting blood, blood clots or spontaneously combusting? Uh, the point I'm trying to make is that these are just big companies at work, and uh, I feel like power players 
are really able to manipulate the, the hive mind and they're really able to angle out to make sure that the competitors are not able to get into the market. And so, you know, a couple months ago as to what, like, how do they finally discover that they cherry picked information? Like, how is that something that you figure out four or five, five months later? Like, I don't understand if we're putting all our faith in these government regulatory boards or uh, these scientists who can make decisions. So how did that, how is that discovery made now? They don't tell you that on the news. I think it's that uh, people like Pfizer and Moderna are like, all right, we got to get rid of this competitor. Um, we want we want this market. We, we weren't going to say anything uh, a couple months ago because we didn't want anyone knowing that, you know, vaccines were being fudged. You know, we wanted people to try and accept these things. But now it's time to get rid of these things. And speaking of just totally fucking making things up, we got to talk about this uh, Sydney Powell, this uh, Pelican looking lady comes out, talks to the nation, makes crazy claims about the election, uh, how she's got a kraken. She's going to prove more fraud than you possibly could imagine. How this company Dominion, they're, uh, they're owned by the Germans. The Nazis are making a comeback. And so, you know, Hitler, he's actually living um, with Walt Disney. They're down in South America. They've been frozen. But once the world is ready for them, they're coming back. They're coming back once they can get right to the top in America. And so the way that they're going to do that is um, Dominion's going to rig the election in favor of Joe Biden. When he dies, Kamala Harris is going to take the reins. She's going to mess up the country so much that everyone's going to realize, okay, no more women, no more minorities. We tried it. It's not working out. And then that's going to be Hitler's moment where they defrost him and Walt Disney. Walt Disney handles all of the uh, PR stuff. He's doing the drawings. He's, uh, you know, Hitler's pretty good artist himself when it comes down to it. When he's got to make like logos, the Swastika, pretty good logo. Hitler, good artist, but you got to realize Hitler working with Walt Disney, we're talking about PR on a different level. So that's what Powell was saying. I'm not saying that. Powell was saying that. I don't know if you might have missed that uh, press conference on Fox News where she got off and said, um, got up there and said that Dominion is um, secretly a German company, not just a German company, but a Nazi organization working against the American people to get Biden elected so that they could hopefully bring back uh, Hitler and Walt Disney. Um and then she later said, I, um, I mean, those weren't actually your claims, uh, just in case you're so dumb that you thought that that was factually accurate. Uh, that's not what she said. She just said that, uh, I think dominion, I, I don't even remember dominion fudging the election. They're fudging the numbers. Their shit is hacked and you know, it was hacked by whatever. And they changed all the numbers. Uh, and now she's being sued for defamation and I think defamation cases actually seem interesting to me because Johnny Depp, you know, he got sued for, uh, he tried suing for defamation on being called a wife beater. And then that went to court and it turned out the man, or at least labeled a wife beater. I don't, I don't actually know if he was, uh, beating up, uh, Amber Heard, but I'm just telling you, he went to court to fight uh, on a defamation suit. And then it got reaffirmed the fact that that was actually a legally okay thing to call Johnny Depp. So I would think with everything as gullible as I am and all of this election stuff and all the things I was talking about that it seemed to me like it was never really investigated, if Dominion is bringing a uh, defamation suit, we might actually see some of this stuff play out in court. And then Powell makes the claim, I can't be sued for defamation. My words were hyperbolic uh, or hyperbole uh, and that no reasonable person would have considered that what I was saying was fact. And you know what? I'm a reasonable person. And I thought you were saying what you thought were facts. I actually was interested to go, man, does this lady have some proof? Because that's a really bold claim. 
And I think I understand that in the political arena, which is what she's saying, you can make statements that are hyperbole. I don't think you can have hyperbole if you're representing what you want to bring to court, which I think she was doing. It's like if I say, hey, I'm going to show up to court tomorrow and I'm actually going to I'm absolutely going to prove this person to be guilty of murder. That's what we're going to court tomorrow. Then I like how can I then, you know, go, well, no, that was hyperbole. We were never really I'm making a statement of what I'm going to try and like prove in in a, in the court system. So I'm making like w- what room is there for interpreting that is hyperbole. Like you, hyperbole, if you get up and just, I, I guess, make a crazy state, like uh, a crazy statement of um, Donald Trump, th- th- this election was working uh, um, against him. And it's, uh, I mean, th- there were demonic forces at work here. I guess that's hyperbole to say that the people working against him were demonic forces. If you say this company cheated him out of the, ele- like, and we're going to prove it, I don't know how you represent that as being hyperbole. And I also don't know how you say that no reasonable person could have thought that that was fact because despite the fact that I'm sitting in my car, despite the fact that I've been yelling about Huey, uh, I don't think that any reasonable person can say that 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 was just her being hyperbolic. And uh, I would actually like to see that go to court because like I said, I'm just a fan of like actual facts and information and coming to conclusions. That's the problem. I'm trying to follow these stories and you know, they keep canceling these things before, uh, before the ending. Um, I, so I'd like to see this through fact or fiction. So Donald Trump and his lawyers so full of shit when they made those claims that it was just completely not true. And Donald Trump, because here's the implication on that is that Donald Trump is so good at creating stories that are not true, but are sticky. And if they are reported by, if they are reported by the news, even though they're completely false, there's something sticky about it where it imposes, um, doubt or it, 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 it becomes true because it gets repeated a whole bunch. So like, let's go with Donald Trump claims that Obama is not actually a citizen. Interesting news story. If everyone publishes that all the time, and even though it's in question form, it does kind of stick like, oh, somebody's claiming that Don, that um, Barack Obama is not a legitimate president. The man's not a citizen. So you might say that we've got a problem here of this guy creating misinformation that's sticky. And because he's so good at creating nonsense that everybody wants to report on because it sounds interesting you know, such as that uh, Joe Biden has been bribed by China. Interesting news story. Now, that's just an allegation, but if every single news uh, organization in the world publishes it for the entire month leading up to the election, even though it's an unsubstantiated claim, there's something sticky about it. There's a question in the air. Has has, Has Joe Biden been bribed by China? creates the argument to say, until these claims are substantiated, we shouldn't even be publishing them. If we're the news organizations and we publish these unsubstantiated claims, um, there's a stickiness factor that is working in Donald Trump's favor. And this is actually an unfair approach where he, this guy, this is his superpower. If you're playing a video game, his superpower is saying not true things that are sticky And as a result, it influences everybody, even though it's completely not true. And it's the hack in the system that every single news organization, because it's interesting, just goes on and publishes it. So, um, by the way, this is not my argument. 
So you might say, yes, we do need to censor that. We do need the news organizations to go until these claims are substantiated. We're not even going to publish them because we understand that they influence people's opinions. And even if they never get proven as fact. All right. So if now you've got this lady who's getting up and saying, yeah, what I was saying was, uh, yeah, that was, that was total bullshit. Nobody that would create an argument for the fact that there is reason why that censorship makes sense because I, I, maybe we should put a pause on these crazy things until they're substantiated because when they're unsubstantiated, they do actually influence people in, you know, big ways like leading up to the election. Those three months are different than, you know, the three months after the election. And so you understand, but if it turns out that that news story was accurate and that the system is so fraudulent that the court cases were never able to actually get off the ground to look into the election fraud and granted, there's a difference between the election fraud of the mail-in votes, which was more of the Donald Trump claim when he separated from Sidney Powell, who was making more of the Dominion claim. All I'm getting at is as a person who watches the TV show, I'd like to see the conclusions and then we could start to sit back and do the analysis of, well, how, how do we fix this? You know, if, if Sidney Powell turned out to be completely right and I mean, quite the fucking claim dominion, the software and the company that's processing a lot of these votes is, uh, you know, rate. That, that, that's a fucking interesting story. Don't you guys want to see that through to the end, whether or not it's true or not? And if it turns out that she was just bullshitting us, that would be interesting to know as well. So I hope that that thing does go to court. I hope that that thing, I, I mean, I, if she eats crow, God bless. I'm not that invested in the storyline or her being right. Uh, to me, actually it, it is, it is more interesting if I, uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, that's the weakness. She's not even showing up to try and support that claim anymore. She's just really backing off to go, well, that was bullshit. And there should be some punishment for that. Okay, moving on. But before I do, this is a great opportunity to uh, let people know, you know, what's not fiction. You know, it can always be relied upon. It's your Kratom. That's right. When I tell you that they will send you a kilo to your house for $60, you can get out your scale. That is the trust I have in the Oak Kratom people. Get out. If you're a drug dealer or you're one of the, you stole one of those old like scale things. Although those, the, the old scale things that they used to have in lab class were almost annoying for weighing drugs. I actually think, I seem to recall in high school that maybe one time we snagged one of those because we bought a bunch of really shitty weed. Me and one friend, I don't know, maybe I'm making this one up. No, 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 we didn't end up weighing it out. We ended up doing the pile system. Oh, all right, now I'm really going down a tangent here. You know what was always a great, I always thought was two great systems for if you're buying weed and you don't have a scale, but now it's really easy to get scales. You get the digital scales and one of the fun things, I mean, I haven't done this in forever. I'm, this is more college when I was a stoner type person. Having a digital scale is a lot of fun because there's nothing better than when you get like your eighth from your dealer and then you actually weigh it out and you get to check him. That's like just a fun moment where you're like, am I going to bust this guy? That's fun. Laying out your, your eighth to see if it's uh, really actually a true eighth. Uh, but my system used to be if you didn't have, uh, there were two ways to go about it. If you had like weed that was like real nugs, you could do a nug draft. You do rocks, paper, scissors, shoot for who gets first pick. And then you start, uh, that I'm talking about, this is real college talk. I mean, now it's like, I, I mean, weed seems to be somewhat cheaper and more available. So you can probably just, 
like you, I can afford weed now if I wanted to smoke weed. I could pick up an eighth. But back in college, back in the good old days when I was smoking weed, you know, you didn't have that much money. Sometimes you were splitting a baggie with someone and then you had to figure out a fair system for how you're going to divide this up. Maybe this is very Jewish. Maybe no, no one else has ever gone through this in their entire life. Or, but anyways, if you didn't have a scale, I had two systems for it. <laughs> system one is you do a nug draft where you pick your, you know, you go back and forth, you pick your nugs. And then at the end of it, everyone's happy system two. And this is a brilliant system. One person makes equal piles. And so they make piles that they f- feel are equal to the point that they would be happy with any of the piles. And then the other person picks their preferred pile. So one person divides it up to say, I think that this is an equal distribution that if I got pile one or I got pile two, I will walk away content with, uh, with, with, with my, my drug haul here. And then the other guy gets to actually pick the piles more often than not. I find the person who picks the piles comes out ahead. Cause when you divide the pile, you're always looking at them and you're like, I really want that one and not that one. The point I'm trying to get, you go to yokratum.com. You're not going to have to worry about this. They're selling you a whole fucking kilo of Kratom. And this is only for people over the 21, uh, who are current uh, fans of Kratom. But if you are, you can get a whole kilo for 60 bucks. All right. What was I trying to talk about? I don't remember. So I'm going to move on with the, the, the next topic. I felt like that was a good segue there. Nice time to get an ad read in there. Shout out to the Yo Kratom people. But I know it's been a while since I spoke about my war with Optimum. Uh, the reason being, I wasn't hitting a good groove. They weren't returning my phone calls. They weren't coming over with my sandwich platter. I wasn't ready to uh, admit defeat. You know, I felt like we were. it's going to be a long game. Uh, so I got to go back to the drawing table. I got to figure out how I'm going to beat these people. But until I kind of have some developments in the story, I'm not going to continue screaming about it. I got developments here. I'm happy to say that I've joined forces with none other than Elon Musk and we're working on Starlink. Um, the, 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 pro, the program here is basically we're looking to get satellites up into the sky and start providing high-speed internet to areas where it was previously unavailable. Now, originally, Elon Musk's vision here was he was focused on bringing this to the poor. Um, you know, people in areas of the world with no internet connectivity, he wants to get them that internet connectivity, which is big. It means that people in poor areas can potentially start self-educating or just watching more porn. They might, they might use the internet the same way we are, but you know, to be hopeful, really poor people, instead of just watching porn, maybe they'll actually try and better themselves and they'd have information, uh, access to education. And even more than that, people that don't have access to currency might be able to get access to Bitcoin. This is, this is big. I, I it's a moneymaker also, because obviously you're going to be giving a uh, service to like rural areas. Uh, but I spoke to him and I told him, listen, we got to put a pause to helping out poor people uh, because this is what Optimum is doing to the people in Connecticut. I told him, I was like, I know you've been focused on the poor and you thought you were going to help them out. But then when I told him about the issues of, um, the people of Connecticut and wealthy areas relying on Optimum, uh, Elon Musk said, you know what? I'm in on this. I've got, you've got a direct phone number to me. You're out there on your run your mouth podcast. And you're talking about how Amber and Heard was in fact wife beaten by Johnny Depp. We're on the same team here and you're right. Fuck these poor people. So, um, I just want to let you know the war with optimum is not over. And thank you to Elon Musk for inventing uh, Starlink, which will hopefully give us some new internet options that bypass the, the cable companies. 
so that, you know, we can actually have good internet. And speaking of Elon Musk, there was a New York Post article where he was uh, scuffling with none other than Bernie Sanders. Uh, and I know that I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but, you know, I feel uh, we probably got some some new listeners along the way. So here we go. Elon Musk said, I'm accumulating resources to help make life multiplanetary and extend the light of consciousness to the stars. That was after Bernie Sanders criticized him for all of his wealth. And so here's what Bernie Sanders responded. That didn't satisfy Sanders, who introduced a proposal last week to hype corporate taxes on companies that pay top executives at least 50 times more than their median workers pay. Space travel, now this is a quote, space travel is an exciting idea, but right now we need to focus on Earth and create a progressive tax system so that children don't go hungry, people are not homeless, and all Americans have health care, Sanders said in response to Must Tweet. The level of inequality in America is obscene and a threat to our democracy. And uh, I think the argument for government would be that um, human beings are really stupid. And so we need a government that can take resources and invest in places and in forward-looking things that people would be too stupid to do. That's why you would have a centralized government is because um, most people, they, uh, they don't save. They don't know how to invest. They aren't forward-looking. You got free rider problems. You got issues of pollution. Uh, you got issues of people being afraid of each other, but let's just put forward one simple argument why you'd have government as you go. Listen, um, there are investments that only a government would be smart enough to make. And so therefore we need the government to tax and make sure that they're making those investments. What would those investments be? I don't know. You could call it uh, security or you could call it alternate energy that, you know, there's no market forces that would have a reason to invest in things like green energy. And so we need the government to come around and, uh, well, on paper, I guess they should actually uh, develop it themselves as opposed to just handing over money to certain individuals who then don't have to even make products. And, you know, they just, uh, it's a good scam on the system. Go, hey, I'm uh, inventing green energy. But anyways, on paper, you would think, hey, government might be more forward-looking. You know, there aren't enough market returns in certain forward-looking activities. And so they're going to spend money where people are too stupid. What theoretically might be one of those things? Well, if you're going to be really forward-looking about humanity, you might say we really need to diversify the planets that we're living on. And so there's no one individual who can possibly profit off of trying to get us to Mars. There's no one who can do that. There'd be no reason. There would be no profit incentive for you to try and make a company that's going to bring people to Mars because how much money are people really going to spend to go to Mars? There's nothing on Mars. That is not a worthwhile business venture. And guess what? If we don't start investing today in space travel, a thousand years from now, we're not going to be that good at it. So we really need government to start investing in space travel. We're going to have this NASA thing. We're going to put a lot of our money into space travel because we have an understanding that human beings, we're not going to be able to live on Earth forever and we better diversify the planets that we're living on if we're interested in securing, um, you know, humanity, the future of humanity, that it should live on past our lives, past our kids' lives, you know, two, three, four thousand years from now, we better start um, putting some significant resources into space travel. Now, here's what's interesting. You got a guy like Elon Musk, or you got a guy like uh, um, Bezos, they're billionaires and the argument, you know, against billionaires, not my argument would be, listen, why do we need these people to have all this money? They're just going to hold on to their money and then no one wins from it. 
Uh, and all right, well, you know what? We might as well give the big picture. Firstly, if people are just hoarding their money, then everyone else's currency is worth more. So, you know, they're not really, if Bezos took all of his money and he burned it tomorrow, is that now like, I, I mean, the money that's lost is the fact that this smart guy could have gone to invest it. That's the other thing that's nice about when rich people get richer. If you're in a free market without force, it means that they've created some sort of value. They've they've been able to sit down and figure out how to get people something that they want. And we actually benefit by these people having more money because then they can continue to make more investments and, and get us more of what we want. For example, let's say there was uh, some guy down in Texas who foresaw, you know, that the energy grid was going to go down. And so he made investments into, um, uh, generators in a business where he was going to drive generators to people's homes. The energy grid goes down. Now you got people, they'd have no energy. You got people who, you know, they don't have Ted Cruz's resources to go into Texas. They're going to be freezing. This guy shows up with the generator. It's awesome for that guy to have more money. He's good at what he's good at predicting what the market, what people might need in the future. And now that he's got more money, he can invest into other things so that he can provide it in the future. It's capitalism in a nutshell. I'm just ripping off some George Reisman essay I read 100 years ago. I'm sure I've rehashed that here before. That's capitalism in a nutshell. People that are good at predicting what other people want, it's good if they have more. And that's also why we got to get rid of the losers because we're wasting capital. We're wasting resources. If a guy makes a bad prediction and we bail him out, you know, we're just giving him more resources um, to basically, you know, to, 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 to flush down the fucking toilet. All right. So anyways, your argument, though, would be, let's say you skipped over the whole way capitalism works and you go, this guy's accumulating too much and he's just going to sit on it. Well, it really fucks up your argument when that guy goes, I'm giving this all away to charity or I'm, I'm taking all this and I'm making the investment that government won't make because I'm actually being forward looking. You guys are running a deficit. You're constantly consuming, you know, away from the future for today's benefits. I'm not doing that. I'm looking at what are the risks to humanity that nobody's making the investment in and I'm accumulating a life fortune so that I can figure out. And now you might say, Hey, well, uh, he's, that's not really what he's doing. He wants to escape this planet, go there with Amber Heard and, you know, create new, better humans where he lives for 200 years and the rest of us are down here just trying to fuck our cousins. You know, the whole, the whole country turns into like a, which one is it? Which Virginia is really fucked up It all. We all turn into mountain doom mouth, you know, second, second tier humans. Why Elon Musk goes, takes Amber Heard. Well, she'll be too old by then. So there'll be some new Amber Heard who was also beaten by Johnny Depp, who's now into like super rich guys, um, as opposed to the gorgeous actors. But I just love this because it's the, it, 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 it's the, you know, you've got the smart capitalist, who, and by the way, maybe he's not that smart of a capitalist. Maybe he's just making money, like I said, off of government subsidies. Maybe Elon Musk, he, he's, good at, he's good at playing the game. And this is not a free market system where, 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 that I'm describing of a pure capitalist accumulating capital in a way that would benefit all of us. Fine. Maybe he's not. However, Bernie Sanders comes around, too much money. I got to take some of your money. We're going to give it to the other. Like, who does that really help? Why, why, why Bernie Sanders, the guy who's, well, well, what has he done? Why, why, why does he think he can make a better determination of what this guy's doing with his cash? Um, and if he wants to use it to try and get us to Mars, you know, more power to him. We can all, uh, all of us on earth, 
you know, maybe we can get chips installed to our brains where we feel like we went to Mars uh, and that we saved the planet. That would make for a cool movie. Maybe someone should make something like that. I think that's our episode. 